The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. And welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this is the Sunday Roundup. Ahead of Wednesday's budget, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt gave an interview on Sunday with Laura Koonsberg, in which he tried to manage expectations regarding potential tax cuts, while hinting there might be some form of cut. But I'm asking about the specific message that you've been sending a message over the last few months that you were really eager to to do tax cuts. And now, actually, you've got less money to spend than you hoped. Was it a mistake to raise people's expectations? No, because what we have been saying very clearly is that when we look around the world, the economies that are growing fastest, whether it's North America or Asia, tend to be the ones with lower taxes. And we want that to be the case for the UK as well. But we've always said, and we've been very consistent, that we would only cut taxes in a way that was responsible and prudent. And if I may say, I think the most unconservative thing I could do mm-hmm. would be to cut taxes by increasing borrowing, because that's just cutting taxes and saying that future generations have to pick up the tax. So I won't do that. Uh, but I do want, uh, where it's possible to do so responsibly, Uh, to move towards a lower tax economy, and I hope to show a path in that direction. Uh, But this will be a prudent and responsible budget for long-term growth, tackling inflation, more investment, more jobs, and that path to lower taxation as and when we can afford it. Koonsberg asked Jeremy Hunt about the expectation that he might steal Labour's plan to tighten up the rules around non-DOM tax status. But we should tell viewers this morning, though, there is a widespread expectation that you are likely to cut national insurance. There's a widespread expectation also that you are going to nick Labour's policy of tightening up the rules for so-called non-DOMs, so people who are in huge fortunes abroad but aren't permanent residents here. But I want to show viewers what you used to say about that idea. You said, these are foreigners who could live easily in Ireland, France, Portugal or Spain. They all have these schemes. I would rather they stayed here and spent their money here. Do you want to take that back? Uh, well, as I said, Laura, I'm not going to talk about individual taxes. No, no, I'm asking Three you days... on principle. Yeah, know, Do you disagree but... with Jeremy well, Hunt from 2022? I, I, I don't disagree with Jeremy Hunt from, uh, uh, from nearly everything I've said in the past. But sometimes... Um, well, let me say this. Um, the country sees through gimmicks and we are not going to do gimmicks on Wednesday. It's going to be a budget for responsible, long-term growth. When it comes to Labour, this is an election year, and people will see a contrast. Uh, We have a plan for growth that has seen us grow faster than any large European economy. Labour has just abandoned their plan for growth, their 28 billion. We're speaking to Labour later in the programme. Rachel Reeves will be here next week. So we're not discussing Labour's economic policy. No, but you mentioned Labour's policy, and that was the, what I was saying. The contrast with Labour mm-hmm. is that you know, we have halved unemployment. Uh, their plans will destroy jobs because they want to give uh, more additional burdens to employers. Um, their plans, uh, we have plans to bring taxes down. 
they want to spend more. So there is that but, contrast with Labour, but, but it's not going to be about gimmicks. But if you follow plan on non-DOMs and making it harder for non-DOMs to avoid paying tax here, perfectly legally under the current rules, you would be carrying out a screaming U-turn. Do you deny that that's your plan? I'm not going to talk about any individual taxes, and I thought that was a dance that we weren't going to, to do this morning. Um, but what I will tell you is that I do want to find a way to bring down the tax burden as a Conservative. I think that will be the right way to unlock growth in the economy. Um, uh, but I'll do so in a way that is responsible. I won't do so through borrowing. I won't do so through gimmicks. I will do the right thing in the long-term interests of this country's economic growth. This was what Labour's Bridget Phillipson had to say about that rumour. Um, are you thrilled to hear that the Chancellor may be considering implementing Labour's signature policy of abolishing non-DOM status? Well, let's see what actually happens in the budget. But if they were to do that, it would be an abject humiliation because, you know, Conservative uh, cabinet ministers have spent years rubbishing this idea. If they were to do it, I think it would just demonstrate that it's Labour who are leading the charge where it comes to the battle of ideas in our country. With the first rollout of the government's free extra childcare hours supposedly beginning in April, Jeremy Hunt told Laura Koonsberg that he was confident the programme was on track. However, he declined to give an absolute guarantee, saying it was a huge change. Bridget Phillipson said the government had rushed the plan out and it wouldn't work, but was vague on Labour's own childcare promises. So what I've set out is how I wanted to deliver a reformed childcare system from the end of parental leave to the end of primary school. The first step along that will be universal free breakfast clubs in every primary school because I think all parents with children at school know that your childcare issues don't end when children arrive at school. That would make a major difference. That would be a real transformation, not just in terms of children arriving at school, getting a meal as they arrive, but also the educational but benefits. I'm, but I'm asking you on childcare because you're, you're criticising the government saying their plans won't be completely ready. But what will your plans be? Because the government's been clear on this. They're promising 30 hours free for all eligible families with children under five well, by September 2020. Well, they're promising a lot that parents are going to discover but isn't what, there. But what's your promise then? Because Absolutely. you're happy to criticise them for not fulfilling their promise, but what, what will your so promise they, be? So they've rushed something out and there's no way to make it happen. I am determined that a Labour government will be different. That's why I've asked Sir David Bell, who was previously the Chief Inspector of Ofsted, to lead Labour's early years review. So what I've asked Sir David to look at is how we make sure we've got the places that are there, the big challenge that we're facing at the moment and how we drive up standards, better integrate early years education into the school system but overall. Then you can't and tell alongside us then. that and alongside that breakfast clubs in our primary schools as well. Because childcare that. isn't just and about we... our youngest children important though that is. But, but I think that's you, but a what big you're saying to viewers this morning though is that you are happy to criticise the government for them having having difficulty in achieving their plans, but you're not ready to say yet what your actual plans will be. What I'm saying to your viewers this morning is that if I'm Education Secretary in the next Labour government, early years education and childcare will be my number one priority. It is essential that we get it right. That's why I've asked Sir David Bell mm -hmm. to lead that work. I'm not going to make the same mistakes the Conservatives have made, rushing something out without a plan to make it happen. Jeremy Hunt himself said you need tens of thousands more staff, he said. Well, where on earth are they coming from? That's what we need to get but right. But would you get but more money from Rachel Reeves to spend on it? Because a lot of people in the sector say, actually, you just need more cash to get more people, to get better staff. You just need more people and more cash in the system. Will you get more money from Rachel Reeves? Well, Jeremy Hunt announced more cash and then it's not going to be possible to spend it in the way that he intended because we don't have the places. But do you the think you will? 
Do you, will you have more money to spend on childcare? Because Rachel Reeves, whenever she's near a microphone, tells people how tightly she is going to keep control of the public finances. Well, we, do, we do have more money to spend on childcare through the delivery of breakfast clubs that we will deliver in every single primary school. So that is a very big difference between what we would do from government and what we see right now. But alongside that, I am determined that we deliver a much, much better early education system for our children. The controversial George Galloway was elected as Rochdale MP this week, with Labour pulling support from Azhar Ali after he repeated conspiracy theories about the Hamas attack on October the 7th. Koonsberg asked Bridget Phillipson if she was worried such an outcome could happen again in other Labour seats. Rochdale this week in the by-election, Labour had a terrible time having chosen a candidate who was then revealed to have very offensive views. George Galloway, a very controversial character who a lot of politicians worry about, ended up winning the day. Are you worried that that might happen in other Labour seats, where somebody like him with those kinds of views could come in, whip up division and end up winning? I deeply regret where we got to in Rochdale and the fact that we had to pull our support from the candidate and effectively did not field a Labour candidate in that election. What I am confident about is that come the general election, we will have a strong candidate in place, someone that, that can bring the community together once more. That's what we're focused on. But are you worried it might happen in other places? Well, I don't want to see hatred or division in any community and I don't want to see tensions inflamed. I think, sadly, that is the, the modus operandi of that individual in question. But I think we have to be focused as politicians on how we seek to bring communities together, take a responsible approach, and right across the country, we will make sure that Labour candidates are of the highest calibre. Finally, Rishi Sunak gave a speech outside 10 Downing Street on Friday after Galloway's election victory, in which he said extremism, specifically mentioning Islamist groups and the far right, was a growing threat to British democracy. On Sky News this morning, Trevor Phillips asked Jeremy Hunt if he could mention specifically any groups that were hijacking the protest marches. Let's uh, talk about um, the, what the Prime Minister uh, spoke about on Friday night. Referring to recent marches, he alleged that, I'm quoting here, our streets have been hijacked by small groups who are hostile to our values and have no respect for our democratic traditions. And he said to those who choose to continue to support marches each week, uh, don't let the extremists hijack your marches. Um, can you name a group that isn't already banned that need to be prescribed because of their actions on these marches? Well, I, I'm not going to go into those details. Uh, that's a matter for the Home Secretary. But I, I would make this point, Trevor. Well, the Prime, uh, the Prime uh, Minister spoke about groups consistently in his speech. Yes, I know, but uh, let me, let me so, answer you, because uh, you made a point, let, a very important... Let's not get into anonymity. You want to be practical. Yes. You've been I, saying uh, that to me well, Will you let me answer name one? Yeah, let me, I said I, I, I can't give you the name of one. Uh, what I can tell you is that the vast majority of uh, British Muslims uh, want to protest peacefully and within the law, and they have every right to do so. Um, but we have seen examples of very intimidatory protests that have made other people feel unsafe. That is not the British way. And what the By Prime whom? Minister was saying is By that we... Whom? What the Prime Minister was saying... We've all seen the scenes on our television. What the Prime Minister is saying is that we need to remember the British way is tolerance and understanding uh, that the way for you get change is through peaceful protest and argument and persuasion. And he yeah. was reaffirming those for, me, very British values. Forgive me, Chancellor, this is a very important point. Part of the British way 
is to be straight. When you say we've seen these protests and these people, which people are we talking about? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about the scenes I've seen on television. I'm talking about the emails I've received from people who've been terrified by what they've seen in some of these protests. And I'm also saying, Trevor, very clearly... Okay. No, no, let me finish. You must... It's a very important topic. That the but you're vast, not answering you, the question well, I'm asking you. No, I'm telling I'm you... Asking, I'm telling who you... Who is it that you're talking about? I don't know the... Trevor, if, with greatest respect, I don't know the names of people I see on television. What I do know is that I've had emails from people saying they are absolutely terrified uh, Jewish people absolutely terrified to go out of their houses because of some of the behaviour of a small minority. What I'm also saying is the vast majority of people on these protests want to do so peacefully and within the law, and we absolutely respect their right to do so. But when lines are being crossed, we need to call it out, and we need to uh, be active in calling out extremism for what it is. I've let you answer, but let, if you wouldn't mind answering my point. And the reason I'm asking this question is that when you and the Prime Minister speak of these anonymous forces or groups or organisations, it leaves people assuming that you must mean either anyone who has been on one of these marches or anyone who happens to profess the Muslim faith. If you know that this is happening, why can't you say what groups, and the Prime Minister specifically talks about groups and organisations, you mean? Trevor, with the greatest respect, and I, I really enjoy being interviewed with you, but it does feel to me like you actually weren't listening to what I just said. I was listening I, to exactly okay, what you okay, well, said. I, what I just said was the vast majority of people are protesting That's peacefully. That's not the point and I'm I did not say about. I did not say these people who aren't doing that are anonymous. I said I just happen not to know their names because um, I, you know, I, I look at someone on television and just like okay. you, I don't know their names. So I think I've answered your question with the greatest of respect. All right. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this podcast was produced by Joe Bedell Brill. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily Evening Blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>